The reason for AES Otherwise is to bring people together and to make sure that we are moving the industry along. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Focus Right Pro podcast. This is a mostly bi-monthly show where we dive into the cutting-edge technology behind professional audio products. My name is Dan Hughley, and I'm the U.S. Marketing Manager for Focusrite and Focusrite Pro. On this episode, which was recorded live from the AES show in New York, Ted and I are joined by Colleen Harper, Executive Director of the Audio Engineering Society, and we're going to discuss this year's AES show, the changes that have been made in the last year, what the future of AES looks like, and a whole lot more. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We're really glad to have you here and appreciate that uh, you're a very busy person and uh, we appreciate that you've taken some time out of your schedule to uh, just come sit down with us for a couple of minutes. Well, I'm very honored that I was invited. Oh, no. uh, We're honored to have you. Um, So we'll we'll get right into things here. Uh, We'll talk a little bit uh, about AES. uh, from what you were telling me, you started uh, as the executive director uh, in January of this year. Uh, what what led you to AES? So um, I think most people know I don't have an audio background. And um, when I actually went to school, I was an English major and then kind of found the association world by chance. As an English major, you kind of don't really know what you're going to do once you graduate, um, unless you're going to be a teacher or an attorney. And so I didn't want to do either of those things. I found the association world, um, and it requires its own skill set. It's a different type of business to manage. And so I worked in the association world in a number of different capacities throughout the, basically since I graduated, um, all membership organizations that really focused on delivering value to members and doing events like the AES convention. And... Right before AES, I was actually working for an association focused on healthcare and the medical space based in Washington, D.C. Um, my personal life brought me to New York, and this opportunity presented itself. And as I looked more into AES, I actually had the chance to attend the convention for one day last year and was really impressed by the energy in the exhibit hall. That's what I got to walk through my, well, my one day here and just thought it was incredible. And as um, a person who was interested in working for a membership-based organization, to come and see such energy, to see uh, quite a diverse group of people attending, which is not the case for many associations, um, it kind of it seemed very fortuitous that at the same time AES was looking for someone to become executive director, I had recently moved to New York and thought it was an incredible opportunity. So even though I don't have that audio background, the business operations of running an association I thought was a good fit, and um, I've, I, the, my nine months here have been extraordinary. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, it's better to bring someone in uh, that's fresh, that doesn't have that audio background. So um, it sounds like you you brought that skill set, and, and that skill set's what's required for something uh, just like you said, like an association like this. And, and this is a big moving machine. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, I imagine. Um, you know, the show is not the only thing that you do, and it's not the only show that you do. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And um, you did mention the diversity, and that's something I've, I've been only coming to these shows for a short time. That's something I've noticed as well. Yeah. And I've uh, mentioned this a couple of times now on different shows, uh, that it seems like um, it's getting younger here. Which, which most yes. most groups, that's not the case. I agree. I mean, there is a huge focus right now at AES and the leadership, the, by that I mean like our board of directors, our board of governors, so the volunteer leaders who the membership elects to those positions and also the staff at headquarters, we feel very passionate about increasing the diversity of the people who are members of AES but also the people who want to attend our convention and hopefully 
those two groups become more and more the same. So the people who attend our convention become members. They see the value of belonging to the association. <clears throat> um, but what I was told, I mean, to be very candid, what I was told when I joined the organization back in January, some of the first few meetings I had, that the perception or the reputation of AES was quite exclusive. People felt like perhaps it wasn't, they weren't um, academic enough or they, they, didn't, they weren't focused enough on research that they would feel comfortable attending a convention or being a member. And I think it's really critical for us, um, that's not the case, but perception is reality, right? And so I think it's really critical for us to focus on that and to live that, to actually walk the walk and or walk the talk, whatever. Um, because that's, as the people who have been loyal members who we adore, and AES wouldn't be what it is now without them, as those people in your retirement and enjoy the retirement life, we need to make sure that the younger professionals and those who typically haven't found AES to be their professional home to feel comfortable here. And I think that by introducing some more tracks and some more focuses here at the convention specifically, it is really in a very explicit and, and external way um, communicating that we want everyone to come and feel comfortable here and that we want to have resources for those groups that typically haven't come or, or who haven't felt comfortable. Sure, and as exhibitors, we don't get a whole lot of time to leave this area, as I'm sure you can imagine. Just like you, you're, you're quite busy in meetings and don't get to enjoy the floor like we do or the sessions, I'm sure. Uh, but the biggest thing that I noticed is the big EDM stage, and that's the first year that's that's been here. So that's, you know, um, the association uh, embracing a, a, a genre that it had kind of ignored in the past. So, so that's one of the first things on the surface that I saw, um, as well as just uh, all of the diversity walking around here. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of, another one of the things that I was told, it has to do with the exclusivity when we're trying to be very inclusive and to change the perception. Um, but we take all types of careers and um, I, I don't want to say hobbies in, in the sense that it is not, not taking it seriously, but we take all of those things seriously around the audio world and in the community and electronic dance music specifically, we know that that is a very challenge. It's not just someone going into their room, or perhaps it is, and working on things on their computer, but taking it very seriously. Like there's an art and there's a science to it. And I think to think otherwise is really doing that whole community a disservice. And there are so many young kids or students or young professionals or people who, have, who are even seasoned professionals who are really into that. And for them to not have a place um, that takes that seriously or who, who recognizes the technical aspect of, of that genre of music is really unfortunate and I think that AES can do that and we want to be we want to be the place for for that whole community of people um, because we do take it seriously and we want them to be here yeah and and uh, audio isn't just music anymore right um, that's yeah right and, and, and it's not just uh, stereo music anymore it's uh, immersive sound it's uh, VR and uh, AR and broadcast and podcasting and post-production and, and it seems like um, even with the NAB show next door as well, uh, having having that joint show next to us, uh, that audience comes over here as well as uh, the people here go over there, which which has to be a benefit for both both organizations. Yeah. I'd imagine the partnership that we have with NAB is is really wonderful. They are a great group. I think that they think really big. They're innovative, and to have the co-location so that our attendees can take advantage of what they have to offer in their exhibit hall and their special events and so forth really is only a value add. Um, and there's there's enough overlap to make it very relevant, but enough differences so that we kind of have our own 
area and we can grow the way that we want to grow and they can do the same but we can also share the benefits of that with each other so it has really worked out quite nicely no that, that that's a great thing to do you know when you when you walked up the gentleman Had that i was talking NAB to badge. i know him yeah. from i okay. know him from the podcasting world I, I did not expect to see him here, and before the before the show even opened today, uh, I ran into uh, to Rob Walsh. He was just he's he's, he's yeah, one of the greats, amazing. you know. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's 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 attracting new yep. people and for new reasons. Um, you know, last year was the first time Focusrite talked podcasting on this on this show. We introduced we we had a display here, and people came up and thanked us. And and now about half the people coming to our booth are talking podcasting wow. and things other than music in comparison to a 100% music show. So you've, you've, you've actually noticed that change. That's oh, yeah. been that significant. Yeah, um, That's very interesting. I mean, that alone, I think it's, it is not a genre of music, of music, but it is a different community that we have an opportunity to really engage. So there is NAB and there are other groups perhaps that, that people would think of as more relevant, um, but it is an opportunity for AES to expand and to be more inclusive and to recognize that there are other things that people are looking for that still, that companies that are really meaningful to us who want to be here, there are other people who perhaps we could draw in who would make the the traffic um, very high quality and, and, and even more people to, to get those people here. Yeah, and more relevant to them. Right. Yeah. And I think it has been. Um, this show this show in particular, even compared to last year, I, I see a big change. And it's and it's a positive change. Um, That's great. It, it's almost, I, I don't know how to say it, but it's almost like it's brighter in here. Yeah. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the lights. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know we have a little bit of a time constraint here, and mm -hmm. I want to be very respectful of that. Um, uh, just before we end up wrapping up here, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we can expect in the next uh, 12 months uh, or leading up to the next event next year. So, I th I, you know, the, in the theme of inclusivity, um, but perhaps different in the typical ways that you think of diverse and inclusive. So, you know, the typical ways are like gender, race, socioeconomic status, you know, where you reside, that type of thing, music genre. We want to be very, we want to be mindful of people who want to come to AES and really have hands-on training or want to have more application-based takeaway type of learning. So our conferences right now have been historically very focused on, you know, um, a call for papers and paper submissions and posters and so forth. And we don't want to get away from that. That's it. That we have, we contribute that to the industry. Um, we're known for the technical content, the very high level, you know, academic research, that type of thing, and that will continue. What we want to do is expand the type of offerings, the educational offerings that we have on an annual basis to include stuff like worship, uh, what we're calling a worship sound academy, which, which is going to be different. It is not going to be a huge call for papers. We don't anticipate there being a, a ton of papers submitted and then, and then, um, uh, contributed to our e-library, we're thinking that people are going to come and have very hands-on, practical, application-based type of learning. And so I think for AES, it's going to change because we want to make sure that no matter who you are in audio, you think of AES as where you want to learn. And it has not always been the case, but we know that we're missing out on a large part of our membership, people who are actually members who don't perhaps attend some of our conferences or conventions, um, but people who are also not members who wouldn't think of AES as the place to come because 
that's way too academic for me or, or I'm going to go and I'm not going to understand what they're talking about and I really want to have more hands on, on learning. So that's something that we're going to do. We're going to try to branch out into some virtual learning for people who don't have the budget to travel, students, you know, that type of thing. So invest in a platform so that we can have some of those, that type of uh, virtual or online and on-demand, self-paced learning. And then I think you know what we're really trying to do, again, is to get new groups to, to come to AES. So talking about the convention specifically, the EDM, this was the first year. We had more of a focus on hip-hop and R&B this year. Those are going to continue. I mean, I would say, if anything, those are going to expand. But we're also, we also want to be mindful of something like podcasting. So we've kind of floated the idea of having some type of very specific learning around podcasting, but under the AES umbrella instead of something that NAB perhaps is doing as, as they are this year. So thinking about the different opportunities that, that exist and capitalizing on them, instead of letting other groups that are in our space take it, we want to, we, we know how to do it, we know how to provide the learning for that, and so we really want to do it ourselves. That's, that's great, that's really uh, refreshing to hear. I know uh, a couple of my first AES shows, I was so intimidated back then. This was decades ago when I was uh, just a, an engineer starting out, you know, apprentice, for lack of a better term. And that was the one thing about AES that was, it was intimidating to come here and be surrounded by, uh, you know, the academics of the, of the business and some of the, um, some of the designers of some of the equipment that, that I had grown to, to aspire to be like. Um, but now it feels like like you said, it's moving in a different direction, it's more inclusive, uh, and if there's more opportunity like that for education, for the younger the younger and older uh, uh, members, yeah, I think that's, um, that's the way to go, that's the way you have to go. AES exists to provide, you know, we, we set standards, we, we're a standard setting body, we, we do very important work in that respect, um, and we have some conferences that are really important, so we just had a headphone technology conference in San Francisco that was incredible. Lots of papers, lots of research, lots of, of that type of focus. And I went to it, and I'm not from the industry, so it's a little bit different, right? But I was like, wow, this is stuff that I, I couldn't possibly understand. It, it is intimidating to be around people who speak at that level. Um, and I think that the, the reason for AES otherwise is to bring people together and to make sure that we are moving the industry along, that we are serving as a resource for people who are in the industry, a place for people to network, to come together, to be innovative together, and making sure that there is a place for everyone to come, to feel comfortable and have those conversations and move the industry forward and have the space to do that. And I think that by being more, I think the only way to do that is to be more inclusive. And um, we are battling the perception and the, and the longstanding reputation that is other than that. But I think as the years go on and we have these things that are happening for the first time and they continue, that's going to change. It's just going to take some time. But I think we'll get I, there. Uh, I think the younger people will notice it faster than the older people will. And, you know, like you were saying, a lot of the older people will be retiring and, and possibly leaving the industry anyway. So the foundation that you've built for the, the next generation is, is incredible. And, you know, having those great white paper classes that you have um, and then having hands-on learning because everyone learns in a different way, you know, that, that makes it a lot less intimidating. I know for me as an audio engineer, when I was first starting out, just like Ted here, um, yeah, coming to these shows was intimidating. The NAM show, this show, uh, any of them actually, um, it was intimidating, you know, but now 
it's not so much. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it, fe it feels lighter. So I don't have much to compare to. You know, this is my first time being here the whole time. Last year, I thought it was wonderful with the excitement and energy, but based on, like, anecdotally, based on what I've heard, um, the influx of these new groups and the younger generation and the younger professionals is such a welcome change. Um, I do think you know there are, we have a lot of competitors in this space, and so I think to, uh, uh, what you just said is really important that we continue to have those very high-level technical conferences because it is part of our contribution to the industry. It is it is a part of driving the industry forward. You're setting the standards. Um, you're right, exactly. Um, so that is important, and that will never change. That'll be something that AES always does. It is really also just taking a scan and, and feeling the pulse of what people want and what our members want. And there is this there is this gap right now that we just want to fill. And that's what we'll be doing. We won't be losing anything, we'll just be gaining some stuff, yeah. That, that sounds like a, a positive direction to be going. Yeah, thank you. Is there anything else while, while we're wrapping up here that you'd like to add in? I don't think so. I hope that everyone comes to our events next year. We have a couple of new ones coming up, but that's pretty much it. Great. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming out and visiting with us today, and uh, we'll see you again next year for sure. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Focusrite Pro Podcast. This mostly bi-monthly podcast is produced and hosted by me, Dan Hughley, for Focusrite. Music is by Merlin. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join our conversation on social media at Focusrite Pro. For more information, please visit our website at www.pro.focusrite.com. We had more of a focus on hip-hop and R&B this year. Those are going to continue. I mean, I would say, if anything, those are going to expand.